Hello and welcome to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. Please rate and review the show. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Alex, how are you feeling after that uh, that terrible performance by the Raptors last night? How are you feeling? Yeah, it was a big waste of time. Mm. You know, n- nice little fourth quarter comeback. And then they were down with like, what, 11? And then Zion blocked Pascal's shot, went in for that, what was it, d- double pump dunk? I mean, yeah. Zion broke free from a double team mm. above the three-point line from OG and Pascal. Yeah, saw Mr. Hustle, Wancho at the basket. Drove baseline, saw Wancho, took off, and then went up and under and still dunked it with two hands, man. That, that guy is special. And then on the next play, he basically just shoved Chris out of the way, <laughs> like into probably where Matt Devlin was. Yo. And just went in and scored again, and that really just wrapped it up. I yeah. mean, Zion was a beast. I mean, I think we, we've known this from the glimpses of seeing Zion, but the, for, the, the performance last night, like 33 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. Like, he was getting the free throw line at will. Mm-hmm. He was 12 of 15 from the field. Like, the Raptors just had no answers for him. Although the Raptors also didn't show up, but that's, you know, yeah. the other side of the equation. Um, I always think about it in terms of, like, which players – which stars in this league are able to still perform against the Raptors just because the Raptors put so much of a focus on stopping star players. Obviously, one of the best individual defenders in the league in OG and Anobi. And by the way, that was a tough that was a tough hit for OG's defensive case, right? Because Zion kind of just discarded him easily. Yeah, we can just skip this one. It's fine. Yeah. You know, this, okay. how, you know this is how propaganda works, right? Right. You're, you're right. You pick you're and right. choose. Yeah. You know what? I you guys, know you guys, in all, oh my God, you guys in all your propaganda accounts, mm. you know, that's how it works. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Over so this game one. didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, Zion delivered that kind of performance that you've seen in terms of the level of dominance mm-hmm. to, like, you know, what Luka has done to the Raptors over the years. Not the most recent performance, which yes. is why that one was such a great case for OG. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, we've, we've, we've rarely seen star players dominate the Raptors. What you see sometimes is, like, supporting players go off for career highs sometimes because the Raptors obviously send so much of an attention towards one guy. Um, so it might be hard for a KD to go off against the Raptors, but it might not be hard for, you know, Nick Laxton or, or like a Joe. Well, New Orleans had both. <laughs> Let's say Joe House again. <laughs> Joe House. Like, I just want to call him Joe House. But first, Pearl Jam. Um, happy Thursday. Thursday's a new Friday since I won't be on air tomorrow. Um, Why not? Zion. Well, the, the Pelicans had both. You know, Zion had his superstar performance. Yes. And, you know, guys like a Dyson Daniels had a mm. near triple-double. Yeah. So they had the best of both worlds yesterday. But I get what you're saying about Zion. Like, that was... I mean, that was wild. A like, superstar that's... performance. I don't even know how to, like, put Zion in the context of, like, all the other stars in the league. Because we've seen glimpses of him. He mm. obviously mm. didn't play last year, but the year before, he was really impressive. And then you come off a performance like this, and I'm like, wow, like, this is like a top 10 player right here. He's super unique, right? Because, like, I mean, there's just nobody else in the league remotely like him, right? Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that's like a, you know, Embiid is really unique in that sense because nobody's that big and that skilled and that willing to flop. Um, and, you know, I think Giannis is elite, right? And and he's really unique mm-hmm. just based on how hard he plays the game. And Zion is also the same way. Like, even though he's smaller, but, like, he's... It's so hard to double-team this guy. Like, the fact that, like, you look at that matchup against OG, right? Mm. Whenever OG goes into a, a matchup and he's guarding a wing player, he's got the size advantage. Like, he's so strong, he's able to dictate sort of where guys are going and stuff like that just because of how much he's able to muscle them. Mm. Guys can't go through him and stuff like that. Like, he's just so strong. And then sometimes, 
the Raptors put him on centers. And at least in that case, he has the, the quickness advantage, right? A lot of times, for mm-hmm. example, you see the Raptors play the Denver Nuggets, and OG is the one assigned to guarding Nikola Jokic. And what does he do in that matchup? Well, obviously, Jokic is going to punish him in the post. But what OG does is sort of he uses his quickness, fronts the post, jumps passing lanes, and that's how he has a lot of steals in these games against um, teams where he's guarding the center. So he's able to either use strength or his quickness, ideally both. He had neither advantage last night. Zion literally beat him for both things. And I think for OG, it was like, what do I even do? Yeah, it's, It's a really strange matchup to like even learn how to guard because he's not only super strong, but he's super slippery and he makes the right pass most of the time. Yeah. No, the, the so. physical force and the athleticism. Like, it's really rare yeah, to yeah. see a player like that. Honestly, it reminds me uh, of young Shaq. You know, I, I know I'm just, you know, talking to myself here. Mm, yeah. Right. By the way, <laughs> I've just been laughing the first five minutes of the show. Why? Because I listened to the React pod of you last night at three times speed. Because <laughs> it's one of those games where I just need to zoom through, you know, make sure what you said. What, what did you say? Like, oh, Gary, Gary was really good responding in terms of coming off the bench. <laughs> like, he's a great professional. That's what I heard from you. So now that I'm listening to you live in studio, you're talking really slow, <laughs> even though you're just talking at a normal pace. I didn't even know three times speed was even an option. Option, no, it's man. messing me up because like you keep talking. I'm like, yo, can you please talk faster? But I guess this is my fault. Anyways, I don't think we're uh, here to talk about Zion. I um, mean, yeah, no, he was the reason to watch the game last night. Yeah, Genuinely, he yeah. was amazing. Yeah. 126-108 was the final score. Raptors now 11 and 10 on the season, three and eight on the road now, and yeah. 21 games into the season, they haven't had a win winning streak or losing streak longer than two games this season. So yesterday, I think it was their fourth chance to to go on a three-game win streak okay and and they've been 0-4 in those games so it's just been a very up and down season and I was looking at the road record too Mm. they've lost a lot of these road games by double digits yeah seven of their last eight losses have been by double digits and there's been a couple blowouts in there you know obviously yesterday I think people remember the OKC game when they lost by 19 and there's been a few others too even in Brooklyn I mean, that was a home game too, but they've lost a lot of games by double digits this season, which, you know, I, I think is a is a troublesome sign. And I know we can parse through all the injuries that they've had in the different rosters, but like, I just feel like the three and eight record right now on the road is very disappointing. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, you're, you're not going to be that good of a team if you can't consistently deliver results on the road. Um, what the Raptors, I mean, it's it's funny because their defensive rating on the road doesn't, isn't that bad? It's not standing out. Like, uh, they're 20th in offense on the road, and they're, you know, middle of the pack uh, defensively on the road. They're actually eighth, which is a little surprising. But, like, it just you don't get that feeling of, like, they come out sharp or intense. You know, like, the, the standout games to me are at OKC, where, at least in that game, they were so shorthanded, and, you know, guys were sick on that team, and, and you know, whatever, right? The, the circumstances weren't good for that one. But that Indiana game, they came out sharp, but their defense ultimately cost them in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Right? The Pacers really were able to get free, and they were able to just just come back on the Raptors and, and hand them a, a pretty terrible loss on that front. Um, and then you look at the game last night, and you just think about it. like They didn't have the proper intensity. Like First off, Zion is uh, you know such a difficult matchup that you need to bring the doubles and you need to be so good at bringing the doubles. And usually the Raptors are quite good at double-teaming guys, right? But with Zion, it's a special case because... You can't come too soft against him because what he's going to do is just explode and, and just like bump past you, right? He's just so strong. You need to get to that position first before he can outmuscle you and get to that spot. And that's what Zahn consistently did last night. And, you know, you also can't go too early either because he's a pretty good passer. And so I just thought on, on both fronts, the Raptors were just kind of struggling 
in that matchup. In addition to the fact that there's, I think we should acknowledge that the Pelicans are actually a pretty bad matchup for the Raptors. Like, I, I, I apologize for, for saying in the Bet River segment yesterday that I ultimately caved to picking the Raptors because I really did look at this thing like this was going to be a tough one. Mm. Um, the, the front court that they have, the Pelicans, they offer JV in the starting five, right? He's obviously a, a, just no one on the Raptors has that kind of size. Right, even fully healthy, no one has that kind of size. Coloco is that tall, but he's not nearely that strong. We know who JV is, right? Um, but they, they just consistently bring size off the bench. I thought Larry Nance played really well for them off the bench. You know, um, even bringing in Hernan Gomez, the other Hernan Gomez. Like, there's just that that team is is able to punish you on the glass. And you know, when you thought about it, the Raptors probably needed to win the possession battle. They're not winning the possession battle against a team like that, especially when they're not that 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 attentive. Uh, you know, on both sides of the floor. So, yeah, I think they dug themselves too dig, uh, too deep of a hole. I do like that they still gave some kind of a comeback push. You know, I appreciate that they went on an 11 nothing run to cut the lead to 20. <laughs> Yo, that's how you know you're getting blown out, man. 11 nothing, and you're down Yo, 20. This, this is um, the, this is the uh, YouTube meme of Chris Paul hits a three to cut the Mavs lead to like 41 in game seven. That's, that's uh, how I felt last night, except the Raptors weren't really making threes outside of Gary. <sighs> But, like, you know, I, I do appreciate that at least they, they were able to compose themselves and deliver some kind of effort. Obviously, it wasn't going to be enough to finish the game. What a great header and great finish there by Germany. Serge Gnabry with the goal. Um, please, World Cup, please end. It's not oh, ending, man. bro. It's, it's going to be another month. Um, beautiful game. Uh, but, like, you know, like, at least they gave that kind of effort, which I think is what you want to see from them consistently. Is yeah, but I want to see... If you started the game like that, you, you, you would have had a real chance saying, to win though. that game, despite not, all the mismatches. I don't, give, I don't want to give that much credit to them when they're, you know, making a comeback down 31. Well, I want to give credit to the guys who who played hard last night. You know, Pascal really led the group. Yep. Gary really led the group. Yeah. Uh, Chris and Wancho were delivering with their energy. And then True. OG, um, after he got out of early foul trouble, was decent, right? Again, like, it wasn't like anyone stopped Zion by, by any means, but I thought he at least kept them somewhat reasonably in check enough for the Raptors to make that push before obviously Zion slammed the door shut. But yeah, I mean, I, I do want to show them some credit because the last thing you would have wanted to see was them just completely roll over. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I can't give a team a lot of credit when they're down 31. No, um, fair. But yeah, Pascal, 23 points, six rebounds, four assists, scored the first nine points for the Raptors. All against Herb Jones, by the way. Yeah. Like an elite defender. And, you know, Pascal just went into the post, uh, got him with the up and under for a layup, spin move, you know, hook shot in the lane, uh, a pop behind a screen for a corner three. Like, that was so impressive to watch. And he was the reason why the Raptors actually led early on. Uh, and we're talking about very, very early on. And the Pelicans immediately, to their credit, decided, look, you know what? Herb is a great defender. We're going to give him that trust. But as soon as we see that happen, we're going to adapt our strategy. We're, we had, They clearly had a plan B, which was the zone. Right, they really zone the Raptors, and I think the zone just defense just continues to be something that that's throws a wrench in the things for the Raptors offensively. They're not able to go to Pascal nearly the same um, when they're going to zone like that. And then after that, they were they're hard doubling Pascal as well. So, um, yeah, credit to the Pelicans coaching staff for that one. I think you know they, they clearly had a good plan, and but then again, I thought Pascal also handled himself decently. Like he didn't really allow himself to be taken out of the game. He continued to impact the game found different ways to to affect it. And I think, yeah, second half, like he was the one who was giving effort. Like there's a play where the Raptors were, you know, lost the ball and it was a two-on-one for the Pelicans and then Pascal raced back for a chase down block. Didn't really matter in, in the grand scheme of things because the Pelicans had numbers and they were able to just put it right back in. The thing is like, 
you're telling me your best player is giving that kind of hustle and effort for a chase down block and no one else even comes back in transition to get the rebound? Like That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Stop giving them so much credit for, for yesterday's game. But yeah. I think okay. I think we know I think we know now with Pascal, especially we've seen him a couple games now coming back from injury, what the baseline to expect from him is really in every game this season, right? Like like he's definitely made the leap and he's there. And I think the bigger concern is just like, you know, how many guys can you really rely on every night to to have that baseline? And, you know, we can go through some of these players. I think, you know, I think one of the one of the few bright spots yesterday was obviously Gary uh, coming off the bench uh, again. Actually, first of all, what are your thoughts about Thad Young starting and Gary on the bench right now? Uh, I think they, they, they like the idea of it. And I think Nick is looking for different looks and matchups. Um, I wouldn't mind if he, like, committed to the idea of we use certain guys for certain spots, right? So in, in a game like this against the Pelicans, where they have a lot of size up front, you need shot blocking. So I actually wouldn't mind if they went to Christian to start. If the, if the mm. idea of the fifth starter slot is to be fluid, then yes, I think you should pick the matchups. But then again, I think Thad has done really well in the starting role. And I don't think that um, he was even involved in the game last night. Like how many times did he touch the ball in the, in, at the post or, you know, did the Raptors run pick and roll item? I thought they probably would have done that a little bit more considering the fact that, you know, you had JV out there and JV is usually a guy where if you see him on the floor, Usually you have your point guard like a Fred VanVleet who can knock down a three to run pick and rolls at him, involve him pick and roll, and then maybe you slide the pass over to, to Thad. But they didn't really run a lot of pick and roll in that game. And then, of course, Fred also got himself ejected. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, man. Fred. Uh, oh, brother. What a game last night. Fred getting ejected at the start of the second half for, did he even clap? He just clapped and said, come on at the ref. Yeah. 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 That's tough. This guy, it was like a scene Nick, from Nick, Arrested Development. Nick, like Nick, Nick did say was not after the game that both texts were, were terrible. So he yeah, did But you know what it was also terrible? It was just seeing your floor leader and your coach constantly yelling at the ref for the whole game. Like, I like I get it. Like, I get it. Like, were the calls great last night? No. Would you, would you have wanted more of those in your favor? Yes. But at the same time, you look at it and it's like, that can't be, your, your whole leadership structure cannot be geared towards arguing at the ref. Yeah, like Nick tried to, the to challenge. Did you, see, did you see Nick's challenge last night? He tried to challenge a take foul. Which you can't, right? Which you can't do. Yeah. And also, it was clear Pascal was committing a take foul. doesn't matter that he, like, swiped at the ball. <laughs> yeah, I think All it, season, the referees across the league have called that a take foul. So what are you yeah. even challenging? The referees go back and look at the thing. They're like, well, actually, it was a play on the ball. So I guess you don't get one free throw? Like, you know. Nick's, Nick's one of the worst coaches when it comes to challenges, man. I, I think Can we I just do say need that? to keep stats on that. I just, I'm just curious in terms of who, which like coach saves the most points. I feel like the record hasn't been good uh, on that end. But I, I, I'm with you, though. I don't mind the complaining, especially when it's a close game and maybe one or two calls are going to swing your way. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I feel like when you're consistently doing it, and especially like across different games, mm-hmm, blowouts, yeah. close games, everything, like I'm just not sure how beneficial that is. And so I'm completely with you on that. And a lot of times I think in like a case like last night, it's just... A lot of frustration. Right? It is frustration. And it's yeah. frustration at, at, the, at themselves. Yeah, exactly. At, at your own performance. I'd actually rather see them yell at each other. Okay. I'm serious. Maybe they're doing that. I'm going to find out. Mm. Um, yeah, but back to Gary. So he came off the bench and 35 points. He yep. had six threes, 12 of 20 from the field. So the 35 points is tied for third most by a Raptors player off the bench mm-hmm. yep. in franchise history. Um, only two players who had more points coming off the bench. Your guy, Danielle Marshall. My guy. 38 points in 2005. Was that the 12-3 uh, game? Uh, could be. I'm going to look that yeah, up Yeah, look quick. that up. Yeah. And Lou Williams. I feel like he would have started in that game, though. Uh, I don't know. Lou Williams had 36 points. 
Yeah. In 2014. I remember that game. Yeah. So. I think yeah. it was against the Cavs. Yeah, no, I, I like I like Gary coming off the bench. And, 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 you know, you could see really early on, too, even when the game was getting out of hand, that he was just really aggressive, looking for a shot, getting to the basket, and really just filling out that role. He's also got 11 steals in his last four games now. And it was nice to see. You know, it was nice. It was like, yeah, like yeah. a lone bright spot in the second half. And then somehow that bright spot turned into kind of a game. Like the Raptors did get back in the game. Yeah. Largely thanks to Gary. Well, I think first off, um, on a basketball perspective, like Pascal plays really well with Gary and Gary plays really well with Pascal. I think mm. that two-man game that they have at the top of the floor where Pascal is able to operate and usually the help comes from the, uh, the, the perimeter against Pascal. At least in this game it did. And... You know, that's where Gary's able to pop three for threes. And I thought, you know, he also got into a nice rhythm. The Raptors ran a couple more actions from last night where he's coming around some screens and stuff like that, um, a couple of pin downs. And, and that's one way you can get him going. Like, I think that's more of a concerted effort for the Raptors to call a play for Gary Trent Jr., which they actually don't specifically call plays that much each time down the floor. Like, they usually run their, like, flow offense and – you know, uh, I, I think, especially with Pascal back in the lineup, like, you know, the ball is just going to naturally go towards him. But, you know, they were running a couple of set actions, you know, for Gary, where he's, he starts off, you know, near the baseline, comes across two screens, comes up the top of the floor, someone hits him with the pass, and he, he immediately rises for three. I thought they established his rhythm early, which I was nice to see, especially with that second unit, where if he's now going to be playing with them consistently, he is their best, like, option to score a lot of the time. So call plays for him. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, I thought he, I thought he did well, and I and I just appreciate how professional he's been in his approach. Like whether that's his performance on the court in the last two games here, where he's he shot better, or he's defended better, um, you know, whether it's off the court when they ask him questions, right? Because you know, Gary's it was Gary's turn to go to the podium yesterday, and obviously he was asked about like you know how are you feeling about coming off the bench, and there, there was no signs of you know anything other than just sheer focus from Gary. There wasn't like any moping. There wasn't short answers. There wasn't like, you know what? Like I, you know, I don't want to say anything, but low key, you can tell I'm not happy about it. Well, Gary was just like, I gotta trust in the work, mm. you know. Like and and you know the quote that he gave to Kayla on the broadcast where he was talking about how, um, you know, I haven't done anything in this league to 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 feel like I'm owed anything, right? So I just got to keep working and keep working. That's the message, and that shows the sign of professionalism. That shows how humble he is in his approach, and I think. In the long run, that's the kind of stuff that's going to get you out of these shooting funks and get you back into spots where you're relied upon. Uh, and also, you know, the most important thing for these guys is getting paid off of this kind of stuff. So I really appreciate the way Gary played last night, not just because he scored, but just his approach was good. Like he had half the Raptors three points, three pointers and, and steals mm -hmm. <laughs> last night, just one guy. And, and he brought energy to a game that otherwise the Raptors could have lost by 40. Yeah. And I've always said too, like, like I know starting in this league is, is a big deal to, to a lot of the guys. And you think about like Gary and his contract situation after the season, but there's just also value in being put in the best position to succeed. Yeah. And maybe it is with the second unit. Like we've only seen it for a couple of games now. Obviously he had a really good game yesterday, but you know, I'd be interested to see kind of long-term, you know, in the stretch coming up here, if, if Nick continues to go with Gary in, in the second unit, especially if it's producing results like this on the flip side, Scotty Barnes, 21 minutes, 1 of 7, minus 14. No, this was a real 21. Can you do something for me? <laughs> 21. 21 minutes. Can you do something for me? Oh, not, man. Not, Didn't not play really. pretty much bench for the entire second half. Most of the second half, I want to say. Yeah? Yeah. 
I wasn't really well, he, tracking the minutes. I think one of the last plays that he made before Nick decided not to play him for the rest of the night was mm-hmm. he got super low in a defensive crouch against Zion at half court, and Zion just crossed him up and went straight to the mm-hmm. basket for a dunk. Yeah. Which is like, look, again, making a hustle play is great. Like, you know, picking guys up is great. Taking on the challenge of guarding Zion is great. Yeah. Is that a smart play, though? Is it smart to get really deep in your defensive stance to the point where you get crossed at half court against a guy who has really good handle and not someone who's even a threat to to shoot or pull up? Mm. Is that is that is that how you guard that kind of player? Right? It's the same kind of deal. as like he he flies in for that rebound at the end of the first quarter and is like, oh, okay, cool. The Raptors got one one stop here in the first quarter. Let's let's see what they can do with it. Mm. And instead of just holding on to the ball with two seconds left, oh, that was tough. He throws it. What was he even trying to do? He threw it underneath the basket to like maybe so that Christian Coloco can throw a ninety foot lob for 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 a shot. Yeah, and the Pelicans scored off that, right? Yeah, and he threw yeah. it instead directly to Larry Nance, who dunked the ball. It was so demoralizing. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. I I know I know. You know what? Honestly, you always turn it to me for basketball takes. I love to hear what your what your basketball takes are on this one. Yeah, you know, I think. I mean, you saw the terrible turnovers. I think you look at the body language and the energy level, like things that we've already talked about, and. It's just been a struggle for Scotty this season, man. And, like, I really think, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's just a stretch that he needs to go through. Like, he's going to have these ups and downs, and maybe he needs to go through this for an entire season and kind of just come out of it and figure out what he needs to work on in the summer and kind of come back with, like, just more perspective on on just kind of his overall role, like, next year. Like, I don't know if it's one of those things where you can just say he's having a couple of bad games. And then, like, because, like, he might bounce back tomorrow against Brooklyn. And, 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 you know, put up a lot of numbers. But, like, it's gotten to the point where, like, I think a quarter of the way through the season, like, I just need to see it more consistently, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure if, like, one or two games is going to be one of those things where I'm going to be like, you know, like, okay, like, like Scotty's back now. Uh, I think there's clearly, I, I just clearly think there's just more to it in terms of him just adjusting to the expectations or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. his role on the team. And I think we've held him to such high expectations after winning the Rookie of the Year. I just wonder... If it's better instead of, you know, obviously us coming here, like we're going to point out obviously all these bad games that he's having, but is it time to just not have these outsized expectations for him for this year? Sure. I I think that's fine. You know what? Like take the good as a surprise at this point and like just let him work through it and have him grow. So so essentially treat him like a rookie again. Yeah. Because last year when when Scotty had bad games, it wasn't like, wow, Scotty was really disappointing tonight. It was like, well, you know, Scotty couldn't really get into the game and some games it's like, wow, look what he, you know, what Mm -hmm. he did, you know, and. I think, yeah, I think some of that. But also at the same time, like, if you're entrusted to be a starter in this in this lineup, like, shouldn't there be some sort of baseline to what you can expect? Ex- like, no, are there I, not, like, two or three things that you expect any player to come in and say, yes, right? Like, but, like, I, but I think that's why it's, like, I don't think we should overreact when Nick sits him for, like, an entire second half. Or brings him off the bench. Yeah, because yeah. I think, you know, you earn expectations in this league and, like, you earn minutes in this league. Like, I don't look at that as a benching. I just look at it as Nick knew that he wasn't one of the five guys I was going to help them come back. Yeah. Right. Um, so if we are going to like at least set like just basic expectations. Yeah. You've what, talked what about, are the basic you've talked about this. Your favorite word this year is the non-negotiables, yeah. right? So defense. And I think the non-negotiables are still the exact same that you talked about, right? The defense, Pressure, the, the energy, the effort yeah. and all of that. Well, I mean, last night when you watch through the film, so he didn't take a lot of shots, right? Mm-hmm. He, he took seven shots. Five of those were threes. Um, 
obviously he's going to take a couple more threes because of the fact that Pascal is operating a lot now. And so, you know, everyone's not supposed to be in the paint, especially when Thad Young's on the floor and Thad's your de facto center. Like before that could have been Scotty when they started small, right? Mm. He would be the de facto five and he'd be in the paint and the dunker and the Pascal draws two and he's, you know, shovels it over to Scotty and he finishes, right? Mm -hmm. We saw two, but like, so he's taking more threes. It's not entirely up to him, right? But at the same time, like there was not even one play I remember last night where he impacted the paint. When you look at his, his his five assists, which is, again, not a bad total, right? Roughly where he's at for the season, and his assists are up. But if you look at those, the film of those five assists, mm-hmm. he doesn't touch the paint in any of those in, the, in those in those plays. And that's not to say that that's the only way to record an assist, right? But at the same time, what the Raptors want is for guys to drive, touch the paint, kick out, or finish, right? And it's it's not even that complicated in terms of the, the general principle of sort of how the Raptors want to play. It's actually very similar to a lot of teams across the league. But you look at the plays last night. Is there an instance where Scotty impacted the paint? And more importantly, is he getting there on his own? Right. Yeah. Whether that's through the post up, whether that's through a drive, whether that's off a pick and roll or whatever. Like, yes, he he had two paint attempts last night. Those were both situations where Pascal drew a double. He ducked in, and once he finished, once he didn't. But like, can you get there on your own? Because otherwise, what are you really asking him to do? Right. Like, you, essentially, you're you're just saying play a supporting role, play some defense, rebound the ball, show some energy. And on that front, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, you could say we have outsized expectations because, you know, you won Rookie of the Year and all that stuff. But at the same time, like, that's the expectations for anybody to come into the game. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think that's fair. I think the expectations in terms of, like, the non-negotiables, like, have to be there. I I think it's just that, you know, he he just hasn't earned, um, you know, us expecting anything more than that at this point. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like he's he had a great, you know, Rookie of the Year season. Yep. And I think he was expected to, to make a jump. And we can talk about, you know, people always say, like, you know, development year to year can can change and stuff like that. It's just that the way he's performing right now, like, we just don't, I just don't have those expectations for him at this point. Like, like, as a, like. But do you expect him to play hard? Yes. Yeah. No, those things. Those things, definitely. I think those are two separate conversations. I think the most disappointing thing you can say about Scotty is, like, with his skill set, it's disappointing to see him in so many games, like you said, just not making an impact. Yeah. In any way, right? Because you look at his performance yesterday, like he did not impact the game in any way. Who was even guarding him? Was it was it Trey Murphy the third? Was was it Dyson yeah. Daniels? And the shots are like tall guard, sure, but yeah. Scotty's. Well, here's the thing: like maybe yeah. this doesn't doesn't show up as much on TV, but if you like see him, Scotty in real life, or stand next to Scotty in real life, mm-hmm. he's enormous. He's yeah. he's really physically imposing. Maybe not the way Zion is, because obviously Zion is, is is unique in that sense. But like Scotty's like the biggest guy on the team. Mm-hmm. Right, maybe, well, maybe aside from OG, actually, OG is also built like a tank. But like, seriously, he's on that level of like a physical, um, just gifts, really. And so again, like you go back to this game and you watch it through, and you're like, he didn't go in the paint once. Yeah, and remi- I get it. Like there's there's size in the middle of the tape. <sighs> the thing is, sometimes you just go to the paint and then you kick out, right? Like just like Fred, like seventy mm. percent of the time, Fred drives. He's looking for the kick out. Yeah, right. And obviously, it's different because Fred is much smaller, but you know, he's still making an effort to get into the paint. And it's not like Fred played well. Like, we could easily be here doing a segment on Fred and being like, how are you getting ejected in a game where the, or where your team is really down bad? You're putting them even in the worst spot. Why is the shooting so inconsistent from him? His shoot, his field goal percentage, which isn't the best way to measure him because of the fact that he's just a lot of threes, but mm-hmm. his field goal percentage is under 40 for the season. Yeah. He hasn't really shot... He's like a career forty. He's like a career 40% shooter, though. But I guess it's because, like you said, mm-hmm. a lot of that shot... Uh, distribution is from three, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. 
But like you no, know, like, you we could easily we, and we didn't really focus on on Fred and and arguably mm-hmm. there should be a, a bigger focus on Fred. But at the same time, I think what people were expecting from Scotty this year versus what we're actually seeing is night and day. No, it's a huge it, it, it's, it's a huge discrepancy. Is and, it? and this is the central part of what Raptor fans are are wondering about this season is. Coming into this year, and you can go through any sort of expectation about the Raptors, whether that was from fans, whether that was from, you know, local media, whether that was from national media, the conversation was all the same. The Raptors are a pretty good team. Pascal's really good. You know, OG, if he can stay healthy, he's really good. You know, Fred obviously played an all-star level. You know, maybe he's not always that 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 way, but if you can get his minutes down, he could be more efficient, and he's a very smart player for you. You have good role players. You have guys who can, um, you know, you got unlimited wings off the bench, you know, like this is a Hooters or something. And, and then and, and then the the big thing was can Scotty take that next level? People were make, making the case that Scotty can be the next the best player on this team as recently as like now or as recently as next season. Sure. And that has just not materialized, and that's where the central disconnect is with the fan base is sort of just like wondering how can you get there and and what's going on and what's holding him from getting there. For sure. And this is the, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's. It's cool to not have expectations of him. I get it. Like we yeah. can pretend like he didn't win rookie of the year. We can. You gotta do like, better, fam. But that's that's ultimately the the case, right? Mm-hmm. And every all everybody is ultimately responsible for their own performance. This is pro sports. At the end of the day, you're not really owed anything. You look at what what Gary said in his quotes. You come off the bench for you know because of the fact that he wasn't performing, and now he's trying to perform his very best. And and you can see the effort from him. You see the intensity from him. He's not making any issues. He's looking good. You see the body language. He's going hard. Like Gary Trent Jr. is going into the paint. He's not even a slasher by trade, and he's gone to the paint more often. Yeah. So it, where is that? And 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 we can we we just can't continuously have this conversation. Like it's it, it's dominated the the topic for the whole season, and it's not just because we obviously as hosts we got to come up here and, and set what the topic is. We we set the topics according to what people are curious about, and that's major. That's the main point of conversation that people are having. What's going on with Scotty? No, for sure. And I think I think that is like the number one story for the Raptors, like through the first quarter of the season. And the other thing for me, you know, I, I know you probably got you know Brian Windhorse Hoop Collective on your top five Spotify rap. Oh, easily. And man. one of the Come things on, Wendy always likes to say is like, don't judge people by uh, what they say like judge them by their actions right <laughs> i know you know what? this as a diehard as a diehard no no as a diehard i know you know this no 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 but he says this all the time and i think it's like look at look at what nick said a couple weeks uh, ago when he was asked about scotty and said yeah he was happy with everything that he was doing etc mm-hmm. etc et but like i'm gonna judge him by his actions and his actions is like he's not happy with scotty right now because scotty didn't play yesterday in the second half when they're coming back like, you know, like this, like, I think as much as we talk about it, I think there's probably a lot of frustration, you know, within the team too. And maybe just with the coaching staff trying to figure out. And I don't think this conversation needs to always be like a referendum of like, is Scotty a bus versus is Scotty going to no, be a no, superstar? All, no one, no yes. one at all said that. But, about but I feel like this always right? feels like it, it goes to the extremes. Whereas like, I think we're just looking at a player as he develops and as he grows and goes through the different phases, right? Like in the same way that we celebrated him last year, Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to point out these things and be critical of him right now. And I think at the end of the day, like I think all we want and all the Raptors want is for him to come out of it and have this as a learning experience, right? As something that he can look back on maybe at the all-star break at the end of the season and say that this was something that he needed to learn about himself about his role on the team, about like how he, what kind of level he needed to bring on the floor consistently to become the star of the player that we want him to be. And I think it's super frustrating for a lot of people and why a lot of people are jumping on this topic is because Scotty is the key for this team to go from a development team into a contender. Like, and it's even more frustrating seeing how Pascal has been playing this year 
at this all NBA first team level, I look at this Raptors team as they've got that superstar player in Pascal. Like are the pieces around him going to allow the Raptors to start moving forward as a contender? Right. Well, Cause like, if you want to talk about a big picture, like are we on Pascal's timeline in terms of wanting to contend as a team? Right. Mm. Like his contract is coming up to yep. all of that stuff. But when you have a player performing at that level, as Pascal has this season, to me, like you can raise the expectations of what the team can be, but you rec- you're going to need players around him to perform at a certain level to have those expectations. And right yeah. now they don't. A level of consistency. And I, I think you think back to the summer, right? This is the central debate we were all having, mm-hmm. right? KD's on the table. The Raptors keep getting linked to KD. <laughs> what are we going to do about it? Right. And and Man. the idea then was essentially like can how good is Pascal and how good would KD plus Pascal be? Mm-hmm. Right. And if in with hindsight, if you knew Pascal was at this level that he came out to be this year, and I thought Pascal didn't even play all that great yesterday, uh, but he still had a really good game. If and he had, still really led the team and his, yeah. his leadership this season has been exemplary. And he gave great level headed quotes yesterday after the game as well. Like you're just kind of doing everything you expect out of that number one guy for you. You know, you think back to that timeline, and it's just like, yeah, well, you know, this is why it's, it's probably real hard to be a GM. I mean, not probably, definitely. Of course, I, I'd oh, be lying awake every single night. No, of course it's KD, hard. Man. You you watch you watch a Scotty performance like this, and you'll be like, ah, oh, why didn't we? You know, if that trade was on the table, why didn't we make the move? But we could easily be here in like two weeks or even next Monday. And Scotty's had a triple double against Brooklyn. Maybe scores thirty five against Orlando on Saturday, while we're enjoying our chung chung hot dogs at the arena. Oh, that sounds Chelsea like a dream. Roven. That sounds like a dream. But. You know, First you, star Roman, yeah. no, you can easily flip flop and second guess and have hindsight and all of that, right? Uh, yeah. And it's easy to, it's, yeah, LeBron talking about how you discovered Scotty in, in seventh I saw grade. Scotty Barnes for the first time in the seventh grade, <laughs> and uh, I told one of my good friends that. Which good friend? Um, that ain't a fair fight. <laughs> no, we need to interview LeBron's friends because he also told his friends that Kobe was about to score seventy that night. Oh my god! And then he went, he's like, well, he might as well go for eighty then. Oh god. No, but uh, no, the KD stuff is interesting because I, I think I think if they had Pascal and KD, we'd be talking about like what are the pieces yeah. we're adding to to contend with Boston and Milwaukee. But you but know. look, listen. Ultimately, uh, even you know, obviously that that ship is sailed, right? Um, but maybe I think not, right maybe now, maybe not the, fully. Maybe not fully. No, the, the ship is sailed. Alex, no, I'm sorry no, to no, tell no, you, no, but the, the Nets being pretty committed to each other right now. No, that's it. Listen, the Nets have a different ship like every two weeks, man. That's right. It'll sail back. Well, this current ship, they're committed to KD. There's another iceberg coming. No, I mean, KD wanted uh, Steve Nash gone and they, they, you know, they replaced him with with Marks or with uh, with Vaughn. The Nets organization is is week to week, man. You're right. You're right. right, right. The ship has not sailed. It's still at the dock. Um, But like, yeah, I think the main point is forgetting all that stuff and just getting back to like what makes this like organization successful mm-hmm. he's playing hard on defense yeah you know and, I want, and, and you know, crashing I, the glass I want, as frustrated as you are i want scotty to be frustrated man scotty should well, be I frustrated mean, well, i don't know if you have you seen the i mean again <laughs> not have you seen the body language and no, like, but like, like on bill simmons no. being like you know a lot of bad vibes of the game or whatever but like i, I don't know some of it's also kind of obvious like basketball is very like transparent as a sport i want know? scotty to be frustrated high. and take it out on the court and like you know Play the way that we've seen them. Well, I hope next game that uh, you'll have that chance. But anyway, we're gonna take a break. This is this was not a good game, and, and Scotty wasn't the only guy who played poorly. Let's be let's be honest about it. But um, yeah, that's that's where they're at, and hopefully they they bounce back. You know, as Matt Devlin would would say if he came into the studio, it's one of eighty two, guys. It's one <laughs> of eighty two. All right. So we're gonna take a break.
What happens when we're at 82, though? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, usually they don't play hard for 82, actually. That's usually a game where they play against the Knicks and Svi Mahalik is starting. But anyway, I'm your host, Wolu, and you're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connect Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. Continue to be joined producer and co-host Alex Wong. Um, so we're going to forget about that game, which is, I think, the best advice. Just forget that Pelicans game. Did happen. Yeah, it's we easier for me it. than you, man. You hold on to these. Wasn't things. even on this network. I, I I don't even know where I saw that game last night. Oh, okay, we're doing so, that now. Uh, Shouts to Wes. What was Jay on Lou. what the network? Oh, okay, so I was on Sports Night Out recently. Yeah, and I was like, "How hungry are you?" A new yeah. episode. I got to do featuring my featuring Fred Van Vliet. I got to do my Thursday shoutouts first. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> did you not read did the? I just, I just transitioned too hard. I really, I really love you teeing all that up. <laughs> I really appreciate you. That was so beautiful. But why didn't you look at the Google Doc and see the part where it says Thursday shout-outs? Well, the only thing I'm looking at is TV number two as Costa since, Rica tries since to I'll be, get back into the Since I'll be producing from home tomorrow, and apparently I don't trust you to do shout-outs by yourself. Well, I can't do this. You know Shouts to Derek Brandeo, uh, Jennifer Wallach still on vacation, Frank Baraska, Scott Lundy helping us today as well, filling in for Frank, mm. Devang, Kyle Crave, Josiah, JR. Shout out to JR, man. We're going to start bringing JR into the Raptor show. No, I, I know JR's one of your favorites. He, he's a, he's a breakout star this season, JR. Yeah, he was like, now that you're a full time employee, you know, you have all these discounts available. I was like, oh, okay. Um, Chris Troza, Ryan mm. Fabro, DT. I think DT's on the West Coast this week. Greg Sansoni, Pat Flash, everybody else supporting us behind the scenes. Just want to give a shout out again to my barber, Hannah. Again, huh? <laughs> no, because like, I, she's not going to listen to every episode. I'm like, yo. Make sure you turn on Friday's episode. You're going to get a shout out. She's going to turn on to hear you talk to Alvin Williams tomorrow. That's fine. Um, special shout out too, by the way, to Lindsay Dunn's mom, Joyce. Yes. Who we met at the arena earlier this week. Yes. I can't tell if Lindsay's lying, but she says that Joyce listens to us every day. She was really excited to, to, to meet us, take a photo of us. So super appreciative. Yeah. So we'll, Lindsay, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. And Lindsay will be joining us next Monday. That's correct. Yeah. So we got some good guests next week. No, I'm excited. Apparently, I'm excited. Uh, you know, we're trying to get the Pound the Rock guys back in next Wednesday. What do you mean we're trying Joseph, to? Joseph, Kasharo, those are, those are and Joe Wolfon. Those are our, our guys. And do you know uh, there might be a holdup because Joe Wolfon has a haircut appointment conflict. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Of the two people from that crew that would have was, I would have bet on having a haircut conflict. I just assume I just assume like Cash has a barber like at his apartment all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he's, I've never seen a guy with consistently having a fresh cut like all the time. Oh man, never even seen this guy with one loose no, hair. No, Joe, Joe Cash is fresh to death, man. Yeah, um, but Wolf on? <laughs> <laughs> come on, different man. story, bro. No, guy's come come on. With, his, with, with his Rasho shirt on. Oh, come on. And and, and another. Man, I can't even. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, hopefully we can we can work that out with yeah, yeah. Wolf on. Sh- Shouts to Joyce, by the way. Um, but yeah. 
So for people that are interested, I know last year we talked a little bit about the uh, Mitchell and S, the Boba Raptors mm. uh, collab. So a uh, friend of the program, CCYA, setting up a, a holiday market at the Alley in Richmond Hill uh, on Bayview Ave, <laughs> 8750 Bayview Ave this uh, Sunday. And they're going to have Boba Raptors merch there. So I just want Raptors fans to know that. Nice, nice. So yeah. it's no, 12 really to 5 good. p.m. I have on one on Sunday. my desk. You should have told me. I could have brought it to the studio. Oh, yeah, that's deal. right. Um, most people listen on the pod. Um sure. And also on Sunday, I'm, I'm going to be getting r- rid of some of my vintage stuff. What? At uh, Super Fresh. Oh. Super Fresh is having a vintage market, and Trevor invited me. It's nice enough to give me, a, I guess, a rack to hang some of my clothes. Wow. So I've gone through at my parents, you know, gone through some of my vintage stuff. So, so what are the anybody pieces wants to drop be, by? What are the pieces you put in the bill? Super Fresh, 12 to 8 p.m. Now I just got a bunch of vintage tees, some sneakers, hats. I found a, a, a DDA Drogba Chelsea jersey. Mm. A legend, with, man. With, like, the patches, too. I think it's got, like, the Champions League patches on it. I don't know. Wow. Please talk. I'm coughing. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I really love Didier Drogba as a player. Yeah. Um, even though he did not play for Liverpool and often hurt Liverpool. Yeah. Just one of the best strikers right, I've ever enough. seen. Okay, anyway. Yeah, 12, Chelsea hasn't 12, had a good striker come since. through, man. Noon to 8 p.m. On, on Sunday is super fresh. Um, Will won't be there, so if you're trying to well, see I Will. Mean, I, I, no, I'm could. just, you know, there's I, I people could. that want to see Will. I, I could uh, be there. Will, Will will not be well, there. I, I don't have so. clothes to, to give away. <laughs> I, I don't. All right, we got to bring don't. JR. When we bring JR in, we're going to talk about the pair of filas that you asked us if no, we should I've, buy. I've, I've, already reti- I'm, I'm already returning those. <laughs> and we as both we speak. gave you, we both gave you the yellow card. <laughs> that was a red card. They're, they're actually such ugly shoes. Like it's one of those things where you're like online shopping. And you're like, mm. it's like it was like Cyber Monday or Black Friday. You know, one of, one, <laughs> the one of my first is still hitting that Cyber Monday. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically my Easter. You know, <laughs> oh, Black Friday and then Cyber Monday. <laughs> It's a four-day holiday like, for me. Like All Black right. Friday, I hear about it. You're the first person in real life that I've heard reference Cyber Monday. Anyway. In like a decade. So <laughs> Just go find a deal during a regular day, man. Why you gotta wait? Are you lining up at Best Buy uh, to buy a TV? No, I have one already, man. <laughs> like, I don't a warehouse in Scarborough. I'm not even kidding. Anyway, um... All right, now you can do the transition. Yeah. If you like. Oh, but yeah, tell me about your But no, your deals, sometimes yeah. you're just like shopping online. You're like, you know, when you mm. see the small photo of the shoe, you're like, yeah, it might look all right. You're like, yeah, it's a little out there, but, yeah. you know, I, I could be out there. And then you get the shoe in person. You're like, oh, my you weren't God, feeling this it. thing is. No, yeah. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling those filas. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, SVP, it's coming back to you, all right? Oh. Like, you know, on air. <laughs> it's coming back. Oh, man. All right, anyways, as Will mentioned... Uh. Fred Van Fleet was on this week's episode of How Hungry Are You with Serge Ibaka, now available on Sportsnet's YouTube. And he has a couple of interesting things to say. So we have a few clips here. The first clip, he was asked about Kawhi Leonard. If Kawhi stayed, do we go back to back? Three P. Yeah, for sure. It was just a perfect group of individuals and we all understood everybody had the right mindset for the roles i think definitely we would want a few more uh make or miss the raptors would have three-peated if Kawhi leonard stayed i mean i don't think Kawhi stayed healthy for those three seasons but you never know like maybe under different circumstances you know he maybe he does stay you don't know right but uh i mean i think they would have definitely repeated like they they were clearly going to be better than any team that went to the bubble you know Yep. And they were 46 and 18 before the pandemic shut down, including a 15 game win streak. Yep. And, and then they came back to the bubble. They played those eight games as like seven a warm-up. and one. Seven and one, including a Stanley Johnson game winner. Sixers. 
Yeah, I remember is that. Is this the dagger? Yeah. Part two. Yeah, they would have beaten Boston. <laughs> Matt Devlin should have said, is this the butter knife? <laughs> <laughs> they would have beaten Miami. I think they would have beaten Lakers, the Lakers in the finals. So, yes, yeah, yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm with on. Fred. They yeah. they would have repeated. Three-peat would have been And they're going tough. for a three-peat in Tampa? No, in Tampa oh, would have been Oh, man, that would have been so fun. <laughs> yeah, I who don't do know you, if anything would have happened in Tampa. I'm who sorry. do you think would have benefited the most? Because I think it's interesting Fred mentioned that there was perfect pieces there, and I agree with him. Mm. Like, what do you think Kawhi staying would have impacted, you know, Pascal's development, Fred's development, OG's development? I mean, it probably impacts their opportunity, but at the same time, I think, Guys like Fred and First Pascal all, and OG. They would have had plenty of opportunity because Kawhi was oh, going to play like He would have played half the games. games. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those guys are such hardworking players yeah. that you trust that they would have got there anyway. Like, I, I actually don't have any doubt that Pascal would have put in the work to become the player mm-hmm. that he is today. He just wouldn't be playing as many minutes. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm down bad, man. That's, I mean, that was, it was great to hear. I, I totally agree. But at the same time, I'm like, again, why did he leave? <sighs> yeah, no, we've always. We've always said that. I would love to see a healthy Kawhi and OG because we only saw very brief glimpses of that. And OG obviously was not the same player that he is now. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I think Danny would have immediately left the team anyway because uh, I just didn't think the Raptors had a lot of interest in re-signing him in free agency. I think that would have been OG's spot. Man. I mean, Serge Ibaka said himself after they won the championship, he told Masai, boss man, I think we can win two more. I think the general vibe was that they were at least going to repeat. And go for three. Yeah, you're down. No, sorry, this man. show thought... is the worst. This episode has the worst vibes. I'm sorry. That's it. I'm having a good time. All right. Um, you're just talking really slow, man. After listening to you at three times speed. Only <laughs> vibes were Cyber Monday. <laughs> Here is the second clip of Fred being asked another tough question from Serge Ibaka. What was the worst? Losing in the bubble or not making the playoffs? Dang, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I think losing in the bubble was worse. Because I really believe that we could have won a championship that year. Like, like that game. Yeah. Yeah. Man. You know, we don't have to talk about it. Yeah. But we really should have won a championship that year, and I think we all felt that and believed. Uh, make or miss, losing in the bubble was harder than was uh, worse than not making the playoffs in the Tampa season. Honestly, at some points, I I came to grips with the idea that the Raptors just going to tank one year. Mm. They got Scotty out of it. You know, we got some Malachi hype out of it. Um. You know, like, it, it was fine, I guess. Like, it, it's... The Tampa season I, I just was just miserable. I appreciated what they were able to do, you know? The Tampa season was just miserable. Can we say that? Yeah, it was miserable. Just Sergio whole... Scariolo coached the game. You remember that? The whole coaching yes. staff was sick. Nick, there was a, there was a thought Finch, that Nick would have coached the game. And Chris Finch just Zoom. fled during that period? Yeah, Chris Finch what did ditched. you know? Um, um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think that game seven <sighs> against the Celtics, like, it was, it was there for them. Like, it was literally anybody's game. It came down to, like, one or two possessions, and... They just couldn't get it done. And you just do wonder, like, if they got through that series, you know, different matchup, like, could they do a little bit better? But, yeah. Yeah, there's so many classic games in that Celtics-Raptors series. Mm. The OG game winner, obviously. Game six is a stone-cold classic, too. Game six is a classic. Shout-out to Norm Powell. But it's so hard for me to go back and want to watch those, just knowing how the series ended. I actually haven't... Yeah, you're right. I actually have not watched a single highlight from that (laughs) series except for OG's game winner. Yeah, whereas the championship season, like I go back and revisit those games all the time. Yeah, fair. (sighs) All right, uh, last clip. Uh, Here's Fred being asked another tough question from Serge. If Masai came to you and said he can trade... Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. <laughs> he has never. What do you think? <laughs> Does he not know Scotty? I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. I told you I'm a loyal guy, man. I'm not a, I'm not a trade guy. I wouldn't do so it. So you 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 would 
turned down Kevin Durant to keep Scotty. Yes. Um, Cap? Cap? Uh, first off, I think I just want Derek in the back to just clip the way he said Scotty Barnes. Um, Scotty Barnes for... <laughs> one more time, please. Just one more time, please. Scotty Barnes for... Yo, show us a search. Where did those characters come from, man? No, show us a search. No, man. man. You Listen, know the pause first, makes me realize. First he... Off, he speaks five languages, no, so like course. no one should no one should be saying that he, no, anything like I, that. It's just so funny the I'm, way he said it, man. I'm, I'm sorry. the king of mispronouncing names, so I can't really hate. But just the pause that he gave, you could realize he no. doesn't know who Scotty is. <laughs> he, he, he slowed down. And he, no, he, like, did he I pronounce his name right? Giannis Adetokounmpo or something, but he's like, no, Scott. I mean, Barnes is a very common name. Oh man, and and you know, Fred was later pressed about which teammate he actually would trade for KD. And instead of answering the question, he drank the cricket tea. That, right, which that is literally surges. a bucket of water with crickets yeah. in it. Listen, so, man, we don't we don't have time to, to relitigate, you know, Scotty for KD. I'm sure that's going to come up again. Um, I mean... Two teams are playing each other. Scotty, <laughs> Two teams are playing each other tomorrow. Oh, my so. God, man. But, yeah, you know what? Serge's been asking the tough questions. Yo, Serge is the best journalist in this city, Serge man. has been asking the tough questions, and it's honestly been a classic season mm. of how hungry are you, so. No, it has been. Um, no, but seriously, though, like, I think uh, it's just great to see the vibes. Like, I think there's sometimes where he gets guests on, like Alec Manoa. Like, you could tell, not only does he not know who Alec Manoa is, he right. doesn't know what baseball is. <laughs> yeah, he knows less baseball than you. No, I know no, a lot but, of baseball. No, but you can man. see, I know what you're saying. With Serge and Fred, even the early yes, conversation in the episode. That's such a great rapport. That's yeah. the bond when you win a championship together. Yeah, yeah. Right? And even, even Serge talking about how he was surprised, he was surprised that Fred ended up becoming an all-star. Sure, Because yeah, you think yeah. about it, both of them came off the bench during the championship real. season. They can actually go yeah. back and forth. Which, which... I, I think it's amazing, and I think you can see how happy they are for each other's successes um yeah. before we go fred was served chicken gizzard and uh, chicken heart it was fried that sounds, that sounds delicious to me this man. is what i try to say to people what I, I know the whole thing about surge uh show is like oh he's getting them to try this like wild crazy food every time i oh, see the food sometimes it is wild but this no, was not every wild, time man. i see the food being served like it actually makes me hungry so right serge if you want to know how hungry i am when i watch your show very hungry yeah yeah anyways right. so you want some cricket tea too or no yeah, yeah, and we got to get Durian on the show as well. I called for delivery about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope Fred tipped the uh, search yeah. there. But anyway. Happy Friday. Right Happy Thursday is the new Friday. Yeah, okay, we're running out of time. I'm your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sports and Radio Network. Make sure to find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wong, our board producer Derek Brandale, and Scott Lundy for helping us with the YouTube stream. Talk to you tomorrow.